Often, it's easy to get so caught up in looking for the right things to do that we don't realize that simply not doing a few things that we usually do is what we actually need. You're listening to The Fresh as a Daisy Show, a podcast that inspires professionals to work happier and take care of themselves through the longest of work days. My name is Daisy Hazra. My career is in advertising, but I also spend time curating wellness practices and other good stuff, a lot of which can be inbuilt into your workday. There is a study that was quoted in one of the courses that I did some time back. Um, the study is by economists Solnik and Hemingway, and it's actually freely available online, uh, at least parts of it. So these researchers ran a study with Ivy League students. So they asked a group of them, okay, imagine you were to pick a job with one of two situations, which one would you prefer? Situation one is that you have a job where you earn $50,000, but everyone else at your firm at the exact same level will earn only $25,000. So that's less. Or option two, you could be in a job where you actually earn $100,000, but everyone else around you at the same level, will actually earn $250,000 each, a lot more. So guess what the majority chose? The majority went to pick option one, which is actually earn less themselves, but make sure that they are earning more than their peers. Isn't that like spiteful? Comparison truly is the death of joy. And quite up top in the list of things that I feel are best either not done or done very mindfully at the workplace is comparison. In this episode, I discuss some basics, the simple things that I feel should be avoided at the workplace to maintain emotional hygiene. Because weekend sound baths and any amount of deep breathing that you do won't quite offset the negativity that we end up accruing by doing a few things. I also had a chat with an expert to get her thoughts on some of these points. In a minute, you'll hear from Sulu Fontana. Sulu is a transformational life coach whose practice is in London. She is an avid mental health advocate and is passionate about helping people embrace and express their authenticity and uniqueness so they can live a vibrant and truly fulfilling life. Uh, She's also someone who's been a friend for a very long time now and she's always been extremely kind, which is why she was gracious enough to take out time from a busy schedule to think out loud with me. So back to what I was saying about comparison, especially comparison of salaries and benefits, uh, something that I did engage a lot, you know, when I was kind of like a few years back and a little bit like naive in the system. So should we find out that we're actually raking in less than others around? Our spirit immediately dips. Now, frequently comparing salaries or let's say other benefits we are getting from our jobs with friends and colleagues at work is not the wisest thing to do especially if you don't find yourself at the winning end or suddenly realize that somebody cracked a better deal and is benefiting in ways you're not, the only thing that instantly does happen is it has an instant bearing on job satisfaction. And you may not even be in a position to discuss a raise or quit yet. What you are definitely left with is a lingering, unsettled feeling. So I'm not saying that it's not wise to be informed, but when you do have to find out about others, Perhaps the best thing to look at are impersonal metrics like industry standards first, rather than what your immediate colleagues are getting. And when you do need to look like and compare notes with immediate peers, 
uh, maybe do it mindfully and with preparation that when you acquire the information that you went out to look for, you're also able to take action and not sit and sulk for the rest of the year. So this, of course, is easier said than done. And I shared with Sulu what I feel about you know, comparison at the workplace. And here's what she has to say about it, the psychological bearing that it can have. And if one must, how can we be somewhat mindful about it? While I do agree that comparison can really rob us of joy, as a professional, I'm also conscious of the fact that in reality, as human beings, we do have a tendency to compare. And we will engage in that behavior to some extent. What I would advocate for then is a healthier, more constructive approach to comparison. So firstly, I would suggest you don't compare your chapter three to someone else's chapter 10 or your inner reality to the external appearances or representation of someone else. I think social media has clearly illustrated how little we know of what goes on behind the curtains in someone's life. And it's important to bear this in mind whenever we we get the itch to compare. Secondly, since our thoughts influence our feelings and actions, it's really important that we cultivate a healthy mindset. So instead of associating what you lack to your sense of worth, for example, flip comparison on its head and use it as a motivating force to get you to where you want to be. How easy or challenging this can be also depends on the overarching environment in the office, which is something you might have less control over. Nonetheless, ensuring that you do contribute by mastering your own mindset can support a change in corporate culture towards less stress on hierarchy and competition. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, you know, one thing that I, that I did figure that one good way of managing this feeling of, oh my God, I should be doing better, is always remembering that the actual reference point is where you yourself were at before, not somebody else's success. Well, moving on, alongside comparison, another thing to not do at the workplace is complain excessively. Avoid it or be very mindful of it if you must. Also, how much you expose yourself to others complaining is important. Because the only one purpose it does serve is cause this distaste towards work. Complaining is cathartic, right? Almost therapeutic. Uh, Especially to your colleagues who get it because they share your environment, unlike your friends outside of work. But complaining in excess, 100% has very negative implications. It's toxic, it hurts your performance and quality of life, leaving you to focus just on the bad things that are happening at your workplace around you, and blinding you to the good ones. So how does one stop at healthy venting and not pass over to toxic complaining? I asked Sulu, and here's what she said. There is one major psychological difference between venting and complaining. Now, the first involves sharing or letting out a feeling or emotion with the implicit understanding that this is an expression and acknowledgement of one's personal reality. Complaining, on the other hand, implies that other people or events are responsible for how we feel. So in other words, venting implies ownership and personal responsibility, whilst complaining is purely passive and aims to displace responsibility. 
As a coach, I know venting to a supportive ear can be cathartic and useful to process thoughts and emotions. Having said this, when you begin feeling like someone is talking at you with an endless stream of complaints, that becomes toxic as there is no functional scope to it, nor any inclination to take responsibility or problem solve rather than finding blame. What could be more helpful then is focusing on solutions rather than problems and also picking up the subject of our discontent with the person who can actually help us address it. Interesting. Uh, the emotional maturity to remember all of this while huddling by the water cooler, of course, you know, comes with experience and I think active intent to not engage uh, in any form of negativity. Staying on the subject of not fixating with the negative stuff, uh, the other thing to not do at the workplace is assume negative intent. If you go looking for negative intent, you will find it. Now, the moment we assume that something directed at us comes from a negative place and view it with suspicion, we are throwing ourselves off our own game. I agree with you, Daisy. In fact, I would firstly suggest not to make assumptions in general because more often than not, they're just wrong. Now, this applies to the idea of negative intent as well. As human beings, we adopt beliefs and opinions about ourselves, about others and the world, and we apply what could be defined as filters to our reality, hence influencing the way we feel and relate to it. Now, if we use a negative filter, we might easily assume that someone's intent was negative. Our thoughts, however, are not facts and can hence be misleading. A simple way to avoid our own assumptions and worldview taint our experiences is to ask questions whenever in doubt and to use factual information to draw conclusions rather than stay stuck in the mindset that others are out to get you. Yeah, exactly. And that mindset that someone is out to get you is usually the start point of losing all sense of objectivity. Do you thank you, Sulu, for sharing your thoughts. Uh, I think the sum total of what we have discussed is that there's value in watching our words. Now, the conversations we engage in at the workplace impact how we feel. So when banter begins to cross over to mindless comparison or excessive complaining or dissecting others' intentions looking for the negative, it's best to pull back or exit those situations. So there we go. That's my two bits with some expert advice on simple things to avoid at the workplace so we can bring our most dignified selves to work, stay productive, and keep the good vibes flowing. That does it for this episode of Fresh as a Daisy. Remember, our commitment is to being our most vibrant self. So do what you need to to be your happiest version at work and outside. Thank you for listening and have an amazing week.